Well, good morning. That, I, I like that excitement. Thanks, Nate, and the rest of the students. Good morning. Good morning, Caleb. I love the energy in this church. <laughs> My name is Brad. I'm the pastoral intern. Just want to give you a, a very uh, warm welcome, apparently, and tell you that we're so glad that you're worshiping with us today. I just want to go over a, a few quick announcements. The first one is that our new monthly bulletin is right outside these doors, sitting on those tables. It has all the events going on for, for this month, August. Well, it's already August and September. Please, if you want to be in the know, please uh, pick one of these up, put it on your fridge, put it on your mirror, put it on your forehead, just put it somewhere where you won't forget it uh, so we can keep up to date together. Uh, one quick caveat to that. There is a note that uh, student and kids dino climb is today. It says two o'clock. It is actually four o'clock. Please do not forget that it is at four o'clock today. It's just a typo. Uh, so that is it for a monthly calendar. Please, we also ask you to check in for us. You can see that info on the screen right behind me. We would love to know that you're here. We'd love to know how we could pray for you, how we could stay connected, how we can keep you in the loop. Please just check in, text check to the church number, or you can find one of the little um, little connect cards. Little cards are sitting sitting in the seat right in front of you. Please grab one of those, fill one of those out, put it in the offering box if you wish to do that as well. Our next announcement is that the DeLand High School football breakfast begins August 18th. If you want to be involved in that, please text football to the church's phone number. This is an opportunity we get as a church to have the whole DeLand High football team over and we get to feed them. We get to spend some time with them. We get to fellowship with them. This is such an amazing opportunity to reach out into the community. If this is something you want to be involved with, if you love the football team and you love breakfast, please come be a part of this. Our next announcement is that Pizza with the Pastors is August 27th. Uh, just text pizza. This is our new members lunch. This is how we, we, we put you through the new member cycle, how we get you involved. If you want to be a part of this church, if you want to join us in membership, please text pizza to the church's number and we will get you plugged in. Great pizza and also a very fun time together. One last announcement. This one's very exciting. Our Stetson student reset. Is this Wednesday at 6 o'clock? Uh, Y'all, I love you, but I have the students right here, so I'm just going to mainly talk to you guys. This is a great opportunity. We've never done anything like this before. What this is, is it's a Wednesday night where it's sort of like pre-Wednesday night before we go do our normal things. We're just going to get together. We're going to sit there. We're going to just talk about what God's doing in your lives and what God's doing in the life of the church. It's going to be a very chill, awesome night. You want to be a part of it. And then after all that is said and done, we're going to ask if you could go with your families to your local schools that you go to. And we're just going to pray over the schools in the area. This is great. I'm super excited. It's called Reset, Wednesday at 6. Parents, you are more than welcome to come join us for this. Everybody else, please be praying for us. We are very excited for this opportunity. All right, that's it for announcements. If you could please turn your attention to the screen as we get to celebrate baptisms from last week. So this is Amos Lowry. And Amos uh, has been a part of our church for a long time, like since he was born. And, uh, but Amos's family actually moved away a few years ago, and they live in Maine now. Amos, that's a long way from here, isn't it? Yeah. It is. But Amos uh, has always just had a heart for this place, and uh, his family is here, uh, grandparents and aunt, uncle, niece, uh, cousins. And so it's a really special moment to be able to come and to celebrate with Amos. I was talking with Amos just a minute ago, and, uh, and I, said, I said, Amos, when did you give your life to Jesus? And he said, um, I think that would be last Saturday. And so that was just so cool to be able to hear that God is working in his life. And I actually got a text from Amos's dad as we were headed to youth camp last week. I got a text from Amos's dad saying, hey, you think maybe we could have a baptism next Sunday? And so what an awesome thing, Amos. I'm so proud of you and so proud of what God's doing in your life. So proud of the way that God is moving and for you taking this step of baptism. This is awesome. 
Amos, I have one question for you. Have you given your life to Jesus and asked him to be your Lord and Savior? Yes. Amos, it's by your profession of faith in Christ that I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in a brand new way of living. Can you think of any better way for us to start a time of worship than to see than to see people, kids, making decisions and following in obedience in believers' baptism? It doesn't get any better than that. Hey, church, let's worship today. Let's celebrate who he is and all that he has done. Let's stand and let's worship together today. Yes, church, come on, go ahead and stand up with us. We're going to sing a new song right now about our, our belief in Jesus Christ. So I want everybody to sing it out as you learn it, all right? Yeah. 
What a great day, and what a wonderful reminder of the grace of God that we have in our lives. You know, when we think about the grace of God, the fact that we receive the gift of salvation, the fact that we receive eternal life by nothing that we've done, as a matter of fact, we deserve the exact opposite. We deserve punishment, we deserve death, we deserve all of the, all of the terrible things, and yet because of the grace that is afforded by Jesus because of what Jesus has done in our lives, because we recognize him and because we, we know that he has given us the gift of salvation, we, we get heaven, we get forgiveness, we get life. And yet, sometimes we miss that. Sometimes we miss just how powerful the grace of God is. Sometimes we get used to it. I mean, for, for a lot of you, you're in church, like this is just where you are on Sunday morning. It's just part of your routine. But friends, the grace of God should never be routine. The gift that we have in salvation should never be routine. We should recognize and understand that this is amazing grace. It is powerful. It is beyond anything that we could ever truly comprehend that Jesus would give his life on the cross to pay for our sins. That we could have a relationship with him, not because of anything we've done, but because of all that he has done for us. What a gift. What a recognition. Let's not get routine about grace. It's one of the reasons why we come every month and we share this Lord's Supper meal together. Because the Lord's Supper is a reminder it's a reminder to us of, of what Jesus has done. It's a reminder to us that he, that he died, that he rose again, that he shed his blood for our sins, that we can have forgiveness through him. And so this morning, as we receive the bread and the cup, let's let it remind us. Let's allow it to remind us of just how good he is and just Remind us of all that he has done in our lives. This is amazing grace. What a gift. A couple of quick things before we uh, share this together. Uh, in, in every little slot, there are two cups. Just make sure you grab both of those and pull them out. There's bread in one and the juice is in the other so that we can share that together. Secondly, if you're not a member of this church, we welcome you to participate. All we ask is that you be a believer in Jesus. You see, it is our belief in Jesus that gives this moment meaning, that gives us the remembrance of all that Christ has done for us. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, we're so glad you're here. We hope that today, through this and through other things, that you will hear just how good Jesus has been to you and maybe you might take this opportunity to ask him to come into your heart. But as we share this meal together, let's let it just be another encouragement to take that next step of faith. You don't have to be a member of this church. We welcome you to celebrate the Lord's Supper with us today. If our servers would go ahead and come forward, I'm going to pray. And then we're going to share this time together. Father, thank you. Thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for the privilege of knowing you and following you. And God, I thank you for this moment that we have together. I pray that you will use this as a reminder in our lives of who you are and of all that you have done in us. Thank you for your amazing grace. We give ourselves to you and we ask you to show us who you are during this time. In Jesus' name we pray.
for the freedom he has won. Even death is dead and done. His life has overcome. Speak, say the name above all names. Over Sometimes I like to think about words and songs in not just what they say, but what they didn't say. Did you notice that it didn't say what he's going to do? Did you notice that it didn't say what I've done? It just said what he's done, what he's already accomplished, what is already completed, what is already uh, satisfied. The fact that he has already done all that he has done means that we can receive what we can receive. It means that we remember, not that we look forward to, we remember. We, re- we, rec- we recognize all that Christ has done in our lives. And it means that our sins are forgiven and our future is heaven. What a great reminder. If you'll take that bread and, and hold it in your hand, it was, it's the bread that represents the body of Christ. The body of Christ is... Uh, the body of Christ. It, it was the it was the body that was beaten and spat upon and made fun of. It was the body that that carried that cross piece to Calvary. It was that body that was laid down on the cross that nailed hands and feet. It was that body that that died that that gave its last breath. The body that was buried, and then on the third day, it was that body that was resurrected. That we celebrate on Easter the resurrection of the body, the bodily resurrection of Jesus. And so it is that body that shows us that Jesus has the power over death and hell and sin. And it, is, uh, it allows us to recognize that we can receive eternal life. The body of Christ. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks for it. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. 
The cup represents the blood of Christ. It was the blood of Christ that was shed on the cross. You see, it had been the way that God set things that sin required a blood sacrifice, that death was the payment for sins. And so for years, years, the people of God had come together and they would uh, once a year and even in intermediate times, they would come together and they would sacrifice a, a lamb or a bull or a goat in, in a way of saying, we are sorry for our sins and we want to make a sacrifice to pay the price. But when Jesus died and he shed his blood on the cross, his sacrifice was once for all. It was the spotless, sinless, perfect Son of God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And when Jesus shed his blood on the cross, it offered to us forgiveness forever. Of all that we have done, all that we are doing, and all that we will do. If we've received Jesus as our Savior, our sin is forgiven. And as that song said, our future is heaven. On the night that he was betrayed, that same night, Jesus took the, bre- took the cup and he blessed it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant, a new way of thinking about things. It is poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's pray together. Father, we're grateful. We're grateful for all that you have done and all that you are. We're grateful for the privilege of just being in your presence. And God, we pray that you would work in our hearts and in our lives. Help us, Father, to follow you. Help us to know you. And help us to once again remember just how good you've been to us. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning, we're going to continue to look at the book of Galatians. We've got a couple of weeks left in the book of Galatians, and I'll go ahead and give you a preview. After we finish with Galatians, we're going to move to a a series of sermons where we're going to be looking at the Old Testament book of Esther for a few weeks. And uh, so if you know anything about Esther, it's a really great story, a great book talking about God's faithfulness, talking about God's deliverance, talking about God's strength uh, and power. And so uh, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, it'll be a it'll be a good time. So, but today we're going to be uh, almost to the end of Galatians. So, if you have your Bibles, you can open with me to Galatians chapter six. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in the rack in front of you, and it's on page nine hundred and seventy five. Just so you can find it really, really easily. Um, I remember a few years ago we uh, hosted an associational senior adult luncheon, if you will, kind of a festival. And so we had senior adults from all over the area come to our church and we shared a great meal together. We had a wonderful service, had some great music. But the speaker for that day was a pastor that is uh, the retired pastor of First Baptist Church of Orlando, Brother Jim Henry. If you've been around Central Florida for very long, if you've been around uh, Baptist churches for very long, you know Brother Jim Henry. Most people just call him Brother Jim. Um, he is somebody that I've known for quite a few years and uh, he had an, I've had an opportunity to to be in interaction with him a number of times. So when he came, I was so excited about him being at our church and sharing. We had a great service. We went over to our Family Life Center. We had a really great meal, uh, lots of good food, just a wonderful time. And then after the meal, he kind of found his way to an empty table, and he invited all of the pastors and church leaders to kind of come and sit at that table. And basically, everybody else left, and we stuck around for about two and a half hours and sat around a table with Jim Henry and just listened. We didn't say much. We might have asked a few questions, but we would just ask a question and then listen for his answer. I will tell you, I've I've had several opportunities, and maybe you can relate to this, where I have been around somebody like a Jim Henry, somebody that is way ahead of me, maybe in age, but definitely in experience, definitely in knowledge, and without a doubt in wisdom. And when you have that opportunity, can I just give you a really good piece of advice? 
be quiet. Listen. Take in all that you can take in. Because sometimes in those waning moments of an event or those waning moments of a, of a, of a conversation or in, in kind of those last moments, all of a sudden there is just wisdom that is offered to you. And it is very important that you listen. As a matter of fact, I would tell you that sometimes, and I wrote this down so you could see it, sometimes the biggest obstacle to us living our lives correctly is that we push through wisdom with our own words. Sometimes we just need to shut our mouth and listen. That comes from a pastor who has 30 minutes worth of words every Sunday. It is really important that we not push through wisdom with our own words, but that we let God speak to us and sometimes he uses people in our lives that are ahead of us to say things that we're like, Oh, wow. I never would have thought of that or that never would have come to me. So what we're looking at today and next week is we're looking at Paul's final words. This is kind of his conclusion to the church at Galatia. And we're going to find that as he speaks here, he is going to, to be speaking words of wisdom. So I just want to jump right in and let's hear what he has to say and let's understand how he wants to speak to us. He says in verse 25 of chapter 5, we're going to start at the end of chapter 5, move over into chapter 6. It says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. <laughs> For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone, and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load." Paul has come to a point at the end of chapter 5 where he speaks about the fruit of the Spirit, that the fruit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. He shares that with the, with the church at Galatia. And then he moves into kind of a practical, wise application. You would think that he would begin to kind of expound on all of those gifts, but instead he just gets right to the practical. He says, if we live by the Spirit, let us keep, also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become concerned seated. Let's not think more of ourselves. We don't want to provoke one another. And we also don't want to think ourselves of less than one another. We want to take the right position. He says, if we're going to be filled with the Spirit, we're going to do spiritual things. We're going to hold others accountable. If anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. We should hold each other accountable. I don't understand why is it that we resist accountability in our lives? We, we have a tendency to, to want to, to say, no, 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 no. I want to live my life. You live your life. Don't say anything to me. I won't say anything to you. It'll be fine. You know, can I remind you of the list of the works of the flesh that Paul talked about in, uh, in chapter 5? He said um, that it was sexual immorality and impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. If you look at that list and you've got a best friend that is involved in one of those things, shouldn't you say something? Shouldn't we be kind enough and loving enough to help somebody that has found themselves in a place that they should have never gone? Let me paint the picture this way. If I'm in my house and I look out my front window and there is a three-year-old in the middle of the street with no parents around walking down the middle of the street. And I recognize that three-year-old and I know what house they're from. What reaction should I have? Sh should, I, should I say, well, 
I sure hope somebody takes care of that. And then go back to whatever I was doing. Should I look at that three-year-old walking down the middle of the street and say, man, those parents are just terrible parents. What should I do? I should go out and pick that three-year-old up, take that three-year-old back to their house and say, I think you lost something. Right? Anyone would look at a child walking down the middle of the street and know that that is a path to destruction. That is a path to devastation. That is a terrible path to be on. And we would naturally go out and do something about it. Friends, sometimes we have people in our lives that are acting like that three-year-old. They're in the middle of a road and they're walking a path And we know that it's leading to their destruction. And yet, we sit in our house and we say, I sure hope that works out for them. Shouldn't we be loving enough to say, hey buddy, I love you and I love you so much that I think that the path you're on is going to lead you to a really, really, really bad place. And I just want you to know I love you enough to say something about it. We resist that. We don't want anybody. Now, remember, Paul's presentation of accountability is in the mindset of restoration. We don't go out to somebody that's walking down the middle of the road and say, you are so foolish. How could you be out here? No, we go out and we say, listen, I care about you enough to get you back. I care about you enough to take you home. I don't want you to be on this path because it's going to be a bad ending. So I actually want to restore you to where you need to be. We must take on that mindset. And we have to have in that a proper view of ourselves. He says, don't be conceited. Don't provoke one another. Don't envy one another. If you think you're something but you're nothing, you deceive yourself. Have a proper view of yourself. We must look at ourselves and recognize who we are. We need to see our strengths. We need to see our weaknesses. We need to see the sin that we struggle with, the temptations that we're in. And we need to recognize who we are. We're nothing without Jesus. Oh, there's so much more to say, but time won't uh, let us get too deep into this. So let's just move on. Verse 6, it says, Let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. And especially to those who are of the household of faith. Paul here says that the teacher should teach faithfully. The learner should learn faithfully. I love where he says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. In other words, you can't hide anything from God. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. Whatever you plant, that's what you're going to harvest. He he gives the idea that if we sow the flesh, that list of things, if we sow the flesh, we reap corruption. But if we sow, if we plant the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, if we plant the spirit, then we reap eternal life. I love at the end, he says, and let us not grow weary of doing good. Let us not get tired of doing good, but let's keep moving. We will, we will understand, we will gain a harvest over time if we just don't give up. Let's just do good to everyone. Let's be the people that we need to be, and let's be faithful in the ways that we need to be faithful. 
I always believe that when we read things like this, we really need to kind of bring it down to a real clear picture of how do we put this into practice. And so uh, if you haven't taken any, written anything down, I hope that you will, or maybe I'm just about to put a list up on the screen. Maybe you can take a picture of it, but I think this is a great way for us to live and to apply these things. The first thing that, that I think Paul really kind of gives us here is we need to avoid spiritual pride. We need to avoid spiritual pride. You know, spiritual pride is an oxymoron. It is, it, there are two words that don't belong together. If you're spiritual, you're not going to be prideful. And if you're prideful, you're probably not very spiritual. Because as we grow in the Spirit, as we grow in Christ, as we learn more about who Jesus is, we actually become more humble, not more prideful. Sometimes we can get so excited about who we are and what we've accomplished. I, I'm talking about spiritually. Can I just share something with you? And you can, you can take this to the bank. You can just put it down. Remember Pastor Dan said this one time. We are all, every single person in this room and the guy standing up here, we are all one decision away from ruin. One decision. It doesn't take long. And I promise you, you're not going to wake up one day and say, you know what I want to do? I want to ruin my life today. I, you know what I'd like to do? I'd really like to lose my family. I'd like to just become destitute by the end of the day. Nobody wakes up like that. But it happens to people every single day. Do not become prideful. Always approach the Lord with humility and recognize that he can work in your life one decision at a time, one choice at a time, one step at a time, one day at a time. Avoid spiritual pride. Secondly, practice restoration. Practice restoration. Friends, we are not called to do this alone. We need each other. We need each other. And can I tell you, there are some of you that have been to places that I've never been. And maybe I start to go to that place and you think, oh, that is not a good place to go. And for you to come and lovingly say, hey, pastor, I love you. I care about you. That's not a place you want to go. That's not a place you want to be. For us to be together in that, linking arms, brother to brother, sister to sister. For us to recognize that, hey, we want to move forward in a positive direction. We need each other. And we need to be intentional, intentional about practicing restoration, restoring one another, helping each other, encouraging one another. Sometimes we need to have a hard conversation Sometimes we're going to be in the house seeing the three-year-old walk down the street. Sometimes we're going to be that three-year-old walking down the street. And when someone comes up to us and says, hey, um, can I get you back to where you're safe? We don't need to go, no, I want to keep walking down this street. We need to say, oh, I never thought I would get here. I, I would encourage you to ask yourself this question. If I... We're on the road that that person is on. Would I want somebody to help me? I dare say that the answer to that is yes. So why can't we help one another? Practice restoration. Third, help bear a burden. Help bear a burden. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but in this room, just as I look around, and I, I know so many of you, and I, we've had conversations, and I've, I've heard your stories. I've heard some of the things that you've been through. For so many in this room, there are things in your life, and I don't mean sinful things. I just mean heavy things. It, it's, it's, it's your family. It's your kids. It's your marriage. It's your job. It's your, it's your education. It's your, um, it's your friends. It's, it, there are heavy things that we carry. Do you know we are not meant to carry those alone. We are meant to carry those in community, to share one another's burdens. We're meant to say, I've been there and I made it through. 
I've been where you are, and let me tell you what helped me. For us to encourage one another helps us to get further along. A couple of weeks ago, I had an opportunity, I've shared that uh, I had an opportunity to go to youth camp with, uh, with our students, and we had a great week. We had a, a, just a fabulous week. Um, on Wednesday of that day, they started announcing on Monday night, on Wednesday morning at 6.30 a.m., they were going to hold the Generate 5K. That meant that we were going to run 3.2 miles. Can I just tell you something? It has been a long time since I have run 3.2 miles. So when they announced that, I was like, that is a really great thing for them to do. I am really proud of them for running those 3.2 miles. About 70% of our group were like, we're running it. We're doing it. It's going to happen. I had kids setting alarms for 5 a.m. for a 6.30 race. I was like, why are you getting up at 5 a.m.? Well, I got to get ready. I was like, well, that does not sound very smart to me. But do what you got to do. One of our students uh, who I actually happen to know, she was training uh, in her kind of in her everyday life. She was training for like running and like doing races and stuff like that. And I said, hey, are you going to do the 5K? And she was like, no. And that made sense because I didn't want to do the 5K either. I did not have any intention to do that. And so I just kind of kept talking to her. I was like, well, all of your friends are doing the 5K and you've been training for the 5K and this is a hilly area and it will be better for you than running the flatland of Florida. This will actually increase and we're at elevation, which means that the air is thinner. And so that will be good for your cardio. I think you should run the 5K. And I convinced her to run the 5K manipulated might be a better word, but she said, yes, I will do that. And then she said, are you running the 5k? I said, absolutely not. But God got after me and I was like, okay, well, all these kids are doing the 5k. I actually convinced her to do the 5k. So I should probably run the 5k. So I've set my alarm for 620 and, um, and, and, and got out there and there were, there were like, uh, like, 10 kids. I was like, oh, uh uh-uh. And like, there were very few of our kids out there. And then they started the 5K and all the kids had actually gathered around the corner. And there were like hundreds, hundreds of these kids that were up at 6.30 in the morning to run this 5K. And I'm thinking, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And it's cold. We're, you know, we're in North Carolina and it's, it's, it's wild. And so, uh, you know, and we, you know, here we go. And we're running this 5K. And, and I'm like, y'all go ahead. I'll just kind of run at my little pace, right? And I was behind the interns. And I was behind all the kids. And I was just like running and everything was fine. And then I was like, you know, I mean, I, I do go to the gym sometimes. And so I was like, I think I could... I think I could pick up the pace a little bit. So I passed the interns. And uh, now I, I will say um, Brad, uh, Brad was running in, in shoes that he had also whitewater rafted in. And they were sopping wet. I mean, there were literally like wet footprints all along the way. And, uh, but all these kids, I mean, we had, we had kids that finished the 5K in like 20 minutes or something like that. That was... Uh, um, but I was really impressed with their, their ability. Now, can I tell you something really terrible about this particular 5K? They did not mark out a 3.25 or whatever it is uh, path. They marked off a 1.6 mile path, which meant that you had to run and pass the finish line and run again. To which my immediate thought when I got to the halfway point was like, I think 2.5K actually sounds better than 5K to me. But anyway, so we're running and, you know, just kind of jogging along. Everything's fine. And then all of a sudden I see that girl that I had convinced to run. I'm like, oh, no. So she's running with like a group of friends. And and I'm like, okay, well, here we go. And so we just kind of all group up together. And so there's, there's me and, and our interns are back behind us and, and you know, um, another kid, another kid, another kid, and this girl that, that I had, you know, kind of convinced to run. And so just the whole time, it's like from time to time, I would, can I just tell you, there were like 18 times in 5K that I was like, I, I'm ready to walk. But because they were all running, I kept running. 
And then, I, I don't know, I wasn't in their head, but I think there were a few times that they were like, I think I would like to walk. But because I was running, they kept running. And there were times that I would kind of get ahead, and there were times that they would kind of get ahead, and we would kind of just kind of do this back and forth thing and back and forth thing. And, and what happened was, we all continued to push each other and to hold each other accountable and to move together, not because any of us wanted to run, but because we were just together. It was back and forth and a little bit here and a little bit there. And, and there were this person, oh, that, okay, that person's going, okay, now I got to catch up with them. And, and now we got, oh, man, okay, I'm, wow, I'm in the front. I can slow down a little bit. Oh, they passed me. I got to pick it up again. And then Nate, the intern, comes zooming past all of us. And we're like, see you later. We're not running with you. And so Brad was still behind us. So we beat him. So that was good. And everything, it was just this crazy, like, why are we doing this? Do you know why we're doing it? Because we're together. Because it's a group of people that are, that are encouraging one another along the way. Why are we doing this? Because we're together. Do you know that is, there's such a spiritual truth there. Why are we doing this? Because we're together. Because we're working together. And I cannot tell you something. There are going to be times in your spiritual life that somebody's going to be way ahead of you. And they're going to encourage you. They're going to turn around and say, come on, come on, don't fall too far behind. And they're going to encourage you to pick up the pace a little bit. And maybe they slow down so you think you picked up the pace more than you did. There are going to be times that you're going to be ahead and you're going to look back and you're going to say, come on guys, let's do this together. And then sometimes there are going to be times that y'all are going to look around and, and you're going to say, okay, on three, if you want to walk, say I. One, two, three. And everybody goes, I. Okay, we can walk together. But we're still encouraging one another. Friends, we're not called to live the Christian life alone. We're not called to do this thing alone. We need to help each other bear the burden. Don't. Go it alone. I've got two more and I don't have much time. So number four, pursue holiness. Pursue holiness. I, I can't think of any better time to talk about this thing, about this truth, than right here at the beginning of the school year. I, I wrote just a few things down. We are not called to be relevant. We're called to be holy. We are not called to be popular. We're called to be holy. We're not called to be liked. We're called to be holy. Every day when you wake up, can I just encourage you? Lord, today I want to live a life of holiness. And then the last thing that I think Paul shares with us here and that we can put into practice is to do good to others. Just do good to others. This is your picture moment. What, what if we all just treated others better? I, I, I'll say, I think, I think the world would be a better place if we just all said, I'm just gonna treat people better. I'm just going to be kind. I'm going to have kind words rather than harsh words. I'm going to measure my expressions. I'm going to treat, I mean, it's age old. I'm going to treat others the way I'd like for them to treat me. What if we just did good to others? I'll say, I, I think most of the problems in the world or because of that last thing. Because we just don't do good to others. What if we just did good? Cared for others? What if we treated each other with love and joy? What if we treat each other's what if we treated others with peace? Patience, kindness, goodness with gentleness and faithfulness and self-control.
The Bible says against these things, there is no law. What if we cared for others like that? What if we lived that out in our life? Avoid spiritual pride, practice restoration, help bear a burden, let's be together. Pursue holiness. It's the one quality that only comes from God. And just did good to others. What kind of a difference would that make? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your truth. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the way that you work in our lives. And God, I just am grateful that we have this moment. I'm grateful that we can be together. I'm grateful that we have an opportunity to see you work in our hearts. Father, help us to live out the truth of your message, to live out the truth of the gospel. And God, we desire to give you all of who we are, to believe in you, to trust you, to follow you. It's all about you, Jesus, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we have a time of commitment today, let's just have this moment and ask the Lord to speak to us. Let's commit our way to him. I think as, as, as our team sings over us, and maybe as you sing along, I think a great way for you to respond to this message is, Jesus, I'm yours. I just give myself to you. Every single bit of who I am, I want you to have every bit of who I am. What a powerful thing for us to express pray and to say, let's live our lives in the wisdom and in the way of the Lord. Let's stand together and let's sing this song. It's more.